Hey guys, this is Greg Denning, and you are in the School of Awesome Sauce, where I share with you amazing stories and strategies to help you live an extraordinary life. Hello, my friends. I am feeling it today, so this might be a bit of a rant. Um, in just a couple weeks, we are heading to Europe again to lead a World War II expedition. And I led this before a couple years ago. We, in fact, we lived in Europe for a couple of years, just wandering around Western Europe and parts of Eastern Europe. And man, we just love Europe. Oh, I love Europe so much. So many great things about it from the food and the people and the culture and, and the history and the museums and the castles and the mountains. And oh man, I love so much about it. But in preparation for that, just, just in preparing it and, and scheduling out the expedition, which is life-changing. Like you, you really need to come on this trip with us um, next time we do it. It literally is so transformational. Um, so we go, in, we go into Berlin. We see the memorials. We go into Poland in Krakow, which is one of my favorite cities now. Uh, go to Auschwitz-Birkenau. Go through Slovakia into Austria and Vienna and Salzburg, into where near the Eagle's Nest and Berchtesgaden, and along Bavaria there into we go to the Neuschwanstein Castle, then we go to Munich, then into Prague and the Czech Republic and see the underground resistance that happened there, and we're, and we're seeing the architecture all along the way and the food and hearing the stories and then up to Dresden and back to Berlin. And all along the way, you and I, I'm and I'm, I'm gonna share more about this as we go into this trip too, because it just stirs up these feelings. But when you see the atrocities that happened, you realize that humanity has, and this is just one part of it, but humanity has a dark history and a dark, disturbing side. But then you also see the stories of triumph. Some of my all-time favorite stories and books come out of World War II and the stories of triumph and the courage and, and bravery and the humanity and the goodness of starving people sharing you know, their only piece of stale bread, uh, of people risking their lives again and again to help those who are suffering. And so there's, there's heroism and there's terrorism. And as, as, as we've been preparing for this trip again, we've been reading the books and watching the documentaries and the movies. And of course, it's, it's just been this period of just stirring up these intense emotions and thoughts about how, how just wrong it is how absolutely wrong it is to treat any other human being that way. And I've been studying, I love history. I love studying history, reading about it and learning about it. But going on this trip and, and being there on the ground and, and hearing the stories, of, and it's, it's stories of individuals. Uh, that's what the memorials in Berlin have done. They've just really done a phenomenal job of telling the stories of individuals. Not just saying, oh, a lot of people were you know, hurt and died. 
It's this person and that person and this child and that woman and that man and this family. And, it, and that's powerful. It makes it so real. But what I realized the last time I led this, and I know it's going to hit me again with so much force, is just how strategic Hitler and his Nazis and his SS men were about systematically and slowly dehumanizing the Jews and the Russians and the handicap and the elderly and the infirm and the sick. And, and it was strategic and it was so slow. They didn't do it all at once. They were so strategic about it and so sly and devilish and evil. And they just little by little, you guys. And th- th- this, is, this is what I want to share today and this, this impact and how like this kind of stuff is happening again in our day. Like, and, and I know that's like bold and crazy. And you're like, oh, come on, you can't compare it to that. Like these little elements are starting to happen. And it's the little elements that, that start the big, the big problems. But they were super strategic about dehumanizing them just a little bit at a time. When their message was, hey, look, they're, they're trying to take advantage of us. They, that's, that's where it started. They, it's us versus them and them versus us, right? They started to, to segregate and, and push that away and start creating this little division among the people. And anything, anything we can do, right? And, well, and we don't I, I don't, I hope you and I will never, ever have a part of this and that we will, you know, put all our energy and force and resources and thoughts and creativity into stopping it. But any, any idea, any energy, any message that divides humanity ultimately is a destructive message. If it's ever this division of us versus them instead of, hey, look, we're all humans, we're all in this together. Yeah, we are very different and we have a lot of different ideas, right? We have this stuff, but whenever it's us versus them and we start tearing them down, right? And we start classifying and categorizing and objectifying them, whatever group, whether that's the people who like the other team or the rival school or the political game or race or religion or country or belief system or background or whatever, we start separating and segregating and all of a sudden you start objectifying a person. You turn them into an object and as soon as you see them as an object, you begin to see them less as a human being. And the Nazis were doing that so systematically, so strategically, and they were in it for the long game. And so they did it slowly over a few years. And, it, and they got the common people. Now, of course, not all the Germans bought into it. Many, many, many of these wonderful Germans were like, oh, we are not going there. And they were forced into his army and forced to conform. And many of them would not. And they were beaten or killed and suffered greatly because of it. But but a lot of them, they just slowly and systematically, and he worked with the youth. He wanted to raise this generation of, uh, of, of normal, good people who became brutal simply because they began to see the Jews and the infirm and the Russians not as people, but as objects. And then began to say things like, they're, they're below humans. They, they're subhuman. They're below animals. They're worse than animals. And it, so it went from a they're trying to take advantage of watch out. Don't now don't buy from them. To you know what? Beat them, abuse them, take their stuff, close down their shops. Don't you know mistreat them, and then then gather them all up, and we're putting away and 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 always objectifying this way. And it was so so step by step, little by little, and and the the a big group of the people, not all of them obviously, but a big group of the people bought into it. They took the message. 
and they swallowed it. They drank the Kool-Aid, man. And then <sighs> human human bees like I, like I saw footage last night or the night before last. I saw footage of what they were doing and heard interviews from former SS men. And it it was so objectified that they were they were willing to just commit atrocities against another human being without feeling. And he even said that. He said that in the interview. I didn't feel anything. I was just doing what I was told. Plus they were Jews, is what he said. And and oh man, that just stirs up so much hurt and so much anger and to think that that good people like just normal human beings like you and like me and like your spouse and like your children who were going about their life doing their thing. Maybe they were sick. Maybe they were handicapped. Maybe they were old. Maybe they were Jew. They were born Jew or they practiced a Jewish religion. But How would you... Like, and I'm serious about this. How would you feel as a human being living your life if some other group came in and, and and attacked you and beat you and tortured you and killed you and, and your people just because they were your people, right? Because you believed a certain way or looked a certain way or acted a certain way or lived a certain way. D- can you feel the injustice of that? Does it not stir your soul and get you fired up? The, this, the, the inhumanity there. And it, it came, a lot of it came from the intentional and specific social conditioning. Whoa, man, it fires me up. And then, then we look around, you guys, and, and we, we've got to be we've got to be careful about this because we look around and we see what's kind of happening. And it's not it's not as drastic. But are you seeing any kind of racism or prejudice? Or judging or objectifying of other human beings? Do you hear those messages in your day-to-day interactions? Heaven forbid. (laughs) Have you ever participated in those things? I remember as a kid just passing along jokes that were so racist. And I look back, like later I'm like, I can't I can't believe that. I can't believe my parents didn't like stop that stuff. Like it was it's unbelievable, but do do we pass those things along? Do we inadvertently just you know the media says it or you hear somebody say it and we just swallow it and then spread it? Oh well, those people they're like that, right? And we we group them all together and we make those things and 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 I see it all the time. I work with people all the time and I see it in messages and sometimes it seems so subtle and so sly, just this division, the objectifying, making someone seem a little bit less. Because of the color of their skin, or the opinions they hold, or whatever, you with me? Like, and this stuff is crazy. And 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 you might some of you might be saying, "Oh, come on, don't make such a big deal of it." But that literally, that's all where it, it, it's where it begins. That's where it begins. It begins with just thinking you're a little bit better than someone, or you're just so different that they're not quite like you and so they're not quite as human as you are 
And then that starts to justify the dishonesty and the deceit and you know, the mistreatment. And then outright violence. And that's where it all begins, you guys. And what I want to say today to all of us is we can't, not only can we not participate in that, and some of you are like, okay, well, I don't have a problem with that. I don't do that. But we have to examine ourselves very, very thoroughly to say, do we do it at all in any way towards any group or any other human beings? And stop and say, wait a minute, they are a human being just like me. And even right now in your mind, you might be like, but they're not like me. <laughs> they're like, if they're a human and you're a human, they're like you. And that's what I'm talking about. We're all in this together. This is humanity. And we may be crazy different and we might disagree and we might not even like each other. And that's okay. You don't have to like each other. But you have to respect humanity. And so not only can we not participate in that, but you and I, we need to raise a voice against it and raise a louder voice for goodness and respect and justice right? and, and, and fairness and love and concern and compassion. You with me? It's, it's easy to become heartless. And it's easy to be cold. And I hear good people all the time. Oh, whatever. They deserve it. They can do that. Well, they just take, they're in their own. Th-. And I was like, how, how can you say that? How can you sit there and not have tender feelings towards another human being who's hurting and struggling? I heard, ah, I heard some just terrible, terrible race, racial things said just recently even by some of my extended family. I, I couldn't even tolerate it. I'm like, what, what are you guys, what are you saying? Are you, so, are you so blinded by your own experiences and you have no experience of like outside of your own little world that, that you're, you can say what you're saying and think what you're thinking? See, until you've, until you've had a reality check and been in somebody else's su- shoes and, and been into somebody else's world, and really, really, I mean seriously tried to imagine what it would be like to be in their shoes. To be born where they were born, which isn't anybody's fault, right? <laughs> to be born somewhere is not something you did. You're just born there. But, but I've, you guys, I've been, I've been in hard times and hard places. And I've been in some of the poorest and most destitute places on earth. I've seen the pain and I've I felt I I guess I feel like I have a gift of of compassion and empathy and and understanding like I for some reason I can sense what it would be like to be in that place and it's filled me with compassion and understanding and I'm I'm not I don't I don't jump I try so hard not to jump to conclusions and to judgment and say well they should do that or they should do that because I stop and say you know I wonder I wonder how hard that is for them. And and you guys, I, I wrote this in my philosophy journal, and I believe it so hard wholeheartedly, it's so important. We cannot try to to judge and and try to quote understand people from our perspective and from who we are, but we have to seek to understand people by who they are not by who we are. Does that make sense? So I can't, I can't 
operate only in my reality and, and pass my judgment and my understanding of another human being according to my reality. Because we have to, we have to understand them for who they are and what they've been through. And that most people are doing the best they can with what they've got. And it's easy for us to say, well, they should do this better and they should do that better. Well, that's easy for you to say because you were raised to think that way or you had the opportunities or the circumstances or the gifts or the talents or, or somebody planted that idea in your head, but maybe that other person, it never crossed their mind. Literally has never crossed their mind to think like you think. And so... <laughs> You see, this is the rant, you guys. Are, oh, man, I'm feeling this stuff. We inadvertently sometimes, and perhaps far too often, we inadvertently are cruel and heartless and thoughtless. And we say things, think things, say things, and do things that if we could see them clearly, we would be ashamed of ourselves. But if we're thoughtless about it, it just kind of comes out of our mouth or we think it or we judge it and we walk past, oh, those, those people should be like this or they're like they're all like that or whatever. And we move on and, and, and we're perpetuating this division, this separation, this problem. And we're adding to the, the negative energy in the world and the problem. And so I'm pleading with all of us today to never like refuse to be a part of the problem in any way, shape or form. Even to listening to music or watching movies or reading books that promote that stuff or glorify it or make it seem like it is normal and okay. And then we commit on the other side to be a force for good, a great force for good in the world. To be filled with compassion and love and understanding and to even be more thoughtful and more considerate and to go out of our way to lift and encourage and cheer on the underdog and the discouraged and the disheartened and those who are facing a lot of hurt and a lot of trouble and to try to alleviate the suffering and the pain. Now, my all-time favorite book is called Les Miserables by Victor Hugo. And the title means... The Miserables. And he picked that title on purpose to tell the story of the suffering that happens in humanity, sometimes because of poor choices, sometimes just because life just really isn't fair. And how Fontaine, and you guys, oh, that story. I took months to read it because it's a book that you just feel. And I remember, I remember where I was. We finished the first time I finished it. I was in Costa Rica, and sitting on a beach, and I finished it, and I just sat there and I wept. And I felt like the book helped articulate a lot of things that I've felt and experienced in my own life and have seen in others, but it really helped me to understand humanity. And humanity's suffering and hurt. And how sometimes people end up in really bad places, doing really bad things, literally because they were forced there. They were pushed there. And often, sometimes by you know uh, some cruel 
person shoving them down, but often just by thoughtlessness. And Fontaine stories like that where, you know, this guy comes along and, and then the musical is so powerful. We took our children to the musical last summer and oh, we love it. And I just listened to the song again today. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm feeling so fired up right now because of, of the song and that message and then preparing for this World War II trip. It's just, it has me thinking about it. And, and I listen to the song and she, she says, you know, he, she t- he took my childhood in his stride. He came through. He was just out looking for fun, right? He's just—he didn't care. He didn't care about her. He didn't care about anything but his own fun, his own selfishness. She ended up pregnant, and then the song says, "And when autumn came, he was gone." He didn't care. He's back to his life and back to having fun. He was just out for a little, little summer fun and took advantage of her. Got her pregnant and took off, and and left her with this baby. And then at the time, you know, there was the social stigma, and and she stuck with the baby, and then you know gets deceived and tricked by the Thanadiers. And then, you know, ends up just one after another. They find out she has a child. They boot her out. And just with thought and thoughtlessness and judgment and cruelty, and they kick her out. And then she, she sells her hair. And then she literally sells her teeth and then eventually is selling her body. And there's more judgment because, oh, my goodness, she's a, she's a prostitute. But, you know, we don't know the story. We don't know the story of how she ended up there. You get what I'm saying, you guys? And so we pass judgment. We pass judgment on, on somebody from another country or from another religion or another race or somebody that's you know in the streets living a terrible existence. And we pass judgment on that, not knowing the story that drove them there. And yes, there are some who choose it. But why would anyone choose that unless... There's some story. You get what I'm saying? We, you can't understand another human being until you know their story. And, and she said in the song, she said this, you know, I, I had this dream. And it was nothing like this hell that I'm living. Right? And you, you feel the agony and the misery and the sorrow and the hurt. And she was a good girl. When you read the book, she was a good girl who just wanted to live a good life. She wanted to fall in love and have a little family and you know get the little home and raise her children with a loving husband and and just have this beautiful life and be a good person, the kind to the neighbors and help out. And because of thoughtlessness, again and again and again, the end result is she was bald and toothless prostitute doing anything to try to send some more money for her daughter's care. You know, the ultimate sacrifice of all standards and morals and quality of life because of love, because of her goodness. And how many stories are there of the people around us who we pass judgment on, who we walk past, we snub, but we don't even notice. We're so caught up in our own story, we don't even notice the people around us. We never stop to think, to ask, to connect, to consider, to offer help. We just scuzz and walk past and make some derogatory remark in our mind or out loud. How dare we? 
dare we walk past another precious human being? Whoa. You and I have the power to make a difference. To be a great force for good in someone's life. But we have to take off our blinders. We have to cleanse the lens through which we are looking out and seeing the world and seeing others. We have to see them as human beings who are struggling and who are hurting. Every time I've done this, my friends, and I do it all the time, all around the world, and if I ever catch myself passing that instantaneous judgment, I stop, I walk over, and I talk to them, and I ask them about their story, and I connect with them, and inevitably, every time, I hear a story that touches my heart and gives me a serious reality check and helps me understand why they do what they do and where they're coming from. Every time. In fact, let me tell you some stories. Uh, one time I was in Costa Rica, and we pulled up to this beach. It was a beautiful beach. I was so excited to be there with the kids. And then we parked under the palm trees and the mangroves. It was gorgeous. The kids run out to the beach, and I step out, and I kind of glance behind me, and there's a man standing there, you know, covered in tattoos, the big handlebar mustache, a scowl on his face, standing next to a big old gnarly bulldog and his Harley Davidson. And my thought was like, dude, that guy's rough. And I caught myself immediately saying, stop that. You stop. So I turned around and walked right over to him. And I went and talked to him. And he and I ended up talking for like 45 minutes. And he was one of the, the softest, most gentle guys. You know, he was covered with scars and tattoos. But he had this story. And he was just, he, he, had, he got sick of the rat race. And he was just down in Costa Rica, just relaxing, recovering, and start over with life and do things differently. And he, he invited my kids over to play with his dog and sit on his motorcycle, offer his water and lemonade. I mean, just so gentle and so kind and so thoughtful. And I thoroughly enjoyed my conversation with him. And went over again and proved to myself that our judgments are most often wrong, dead wrong. Another time I was in an A&W restaurant. And I was standing in line. I was the last one in line. And this young woman walked through the door. And she looked like she just stepped out of a very dark place. She was dressed fully in black. Black, like long black clothes, draping clothes. She had piercings everywhere. Piercing chains running from eyebrows to ears to nose to lips. She had black mascara and black eyeliner and black lipstick and black nails. And the sides of her head, both sides of her head were shaved bald. And she had three massive spikes, you know, maybe 12, 12 inch spikes of her hair sticking straight up and and she walked through the door and I literally saw this young mother grab her child and shriek and pull her out of her way you know get out of the way as this this young woman walks through the door who I guess was only 14 or 15 or 16 and she was walking up to get in line and I knew she was going to be behind me and I said to myself okay you only have a moment to connect with this girl because I could tell she was hurting 
And so I turned right around. I was like, whoa, check out that hair. Can I touch it? Wow. I'm like touching the hair. I'm like, how do you get that to stand up? That is amazing. Like, how do you get your hair to do that? And I start talking to her and asking her about her. Hey, tell me about you. And she's like, why are you talking to me? I was like, I want to get to know you. I want to hear your story. Why, why are you, why are you paying attention to me? She's blown away because, you know, her appearance and her demeanor repel people. And that's the reaction she's used to. She's not used to kindness and people going out of their way to connect to her, which is with her. And and it's exactly what she needs. And so I talked to her, and then pretty soon, you guys, and uh, every time I think about her, oh, the emotion stirs up. This, this sweet, sweet girl, this flower just blossomed right in front of me. And she opened up right there. And then, of course, she told me exactly what I already knew. She came from a very broken home where her dad had done horrible things and she was hurting and she was alone and all she wanted was love and attention and compassion. All she wanted was connection. That's like we all want every one of us. And she was doing those things to get attention and I had done similar things. I had had a mohawk at one time. I pierced my ears and and done stupid things. Looking back now, I was like, I just wanted attention. I wanted attention and love that I wasn't getting in a normal, healthy way. And so I was trying to get it other ways. And, and ironically, sometimes when we're, when we're seeking attention like that, we actually get the opposite effect of what we really want. We repel people. We drive them away. We scare them. We push them off when we think, I want attention. I want connection. I'm hurting and you guys, ah, man, we have, we have the opportunity to make a difference. And whether it's a smile, a kind word, a kind gesture, every day we can help people. And, and it may not be that they look like they're hurting or they're suffering. They're, they may not be starving and destitute. They might just be hurting inside really bad. They might be dying emotionally or psychologically or spiritually or financially, but they're putting on the mask or the facade, you know, because we live in a society where everyone's supposed to have it together. And so we put on this act and show like, no, we're good, man. Everything's good here. And and even when we offer help, no, 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 we're good. We got this. And their life is crumbling to pieces right underneath of them. But we got to reach out. We got to make a difference. And so it's a, it's a, positive post on social media, a letter or a a kind message or a text message or offering a helping hand or, or just paying attention. This is what I found just by beginning to pay attention. I can notice where there's pain and hurt. And I started to see things that I never saw before because I opened my eyes. I cleaned my lenses and I go into a grocery store and I, wow, I can tell right away just this intuitive sense or just observation or hearing. I just start to notice think, you know what? I'm going to buy that lady's groceries right now because I can tell she needs it. And I'm going to say some kind words, give some praise or some gratitude or some thoughtfulness to somebody who really needs it. And this can even be 
when when you feel slighted, you feel mistreated, the the cashier, the bank teller, the flight attendant, the waiter or waitress, somebody who's supposed to be helping you and serving you, you know, the the worker at the store that should be doing their job but they're not, we can stop and say, "Man, I wonder if they're having a really hard day or even a really hard life." I wonder if if you and I can go out of our way to serve them, to serve the ones that are supposed to be serving us. Yes, I just said that, right? That we can step it up and we can say, you know what? It probably sucks to work here and to be mistreated by people and life is probably hard. And so I can, I can say, you know what? How, how can I help you? Uh, you're probably having a bad day. You're probably having a rough go. Is, is there something that I can do for you? Right? Is there something that I can do to make your day better? And you can either ask or you can just step up and do it. And I've found in the times that I remember to do that and I do it well, it just brings light and love and sunshine and energy. And the person immediately lights up and changes if I use their name. I show genuine interest and concern I offer to help them. I'm very appreciative or understanding. It just changes everything. And so instead of me playing the victim like, oh, it's your fault. You're, you're, you should be taking care of this. You should be doing something different. You, you, you. I just say, okay, what can I do? What can I do about this situation? How can I make this better? How can I make every single person I interact with feel happier? Even when things aren't going my way. Even when it's not working out. Even when I'm working with difficult people. And if I can remember that and make a difference, ah, man, it feels so good for them and for me. Because that's the way we we should be as human beings. So, my friends, let's, let's do this. Let's get in this together. And the more of us that do it, the more energy and goodness will be spread through the world. Let's, let's make this happen. Let's get out. Let's be deliberate. Let's be intentional. Let's be conscious and alert and attentive. Let's open our eyes and our hearts and our wallets. And let's be a great force for good. A force, a driving force to bring more goodness and more kindness and compassion and love into the world. And we can do it today and every day. And do your little part and make a difference for that one person. And do it again and again and again. And with all of us together, we can make a difference. Because, my friends, awesome is always an option. Reach upward. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I hope you got a lot of value out of it and found some things that you can apply to your life right away. Hey, I'm, I'm being totally sincere when I say I, I live to help you live your extraordinary life. So I hope you'll reach out to me if you have any questions or let me know how I can help you in any important area of your life. And in fact, you know, this, this podcast is brought to you by the School of Awesome Sauce monthly coaching program. Take advantage of that. Get in there. If It's the best way to get a breakthrough to the next level so you can level up your health your spirituality, your emotions, your mind, your relationships, your finances, business, every part of your life. Just get in there where you have a a coach and a mentor. You have a supportive community to make things happen. So, So jump in there, take advantage of this, try it out. 
Get in there with us and level up your life. See you on the inside. Reach upward.